Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the Outdoor Adventure Series podcast. The Outdoor Adventure Series celebrates individuals and families, businesses, and organizations that seek out and promote the exploration, stewardship, conservation, access, and enjoyment of the outdoors. Our guest today is Charles Wang. Charles is the marketing lead at Stoke Voltaics. Stoke produces a line of outdoor cooking and camping equipment. Their products include the Jewel portable electric kettle, the Nomad cooking system, and there's a couple other projects that are on the Omdex circle. We'll let uh, Charles talk a little bit about them. Charles, it's a pleasure to have you on the Outdoor Adventure Series podcast. Hey, Albert, it's a pleasure to be here. Fantastic. Now, I am in Las Vegas, so about 1.30 my time. It's a beautiful day, though I haven't seen it yet. You are in New York City, right? Yes, I'm currently based in Brooklyn. Based in Brooklyn. Oh, there's a deli in Brooklyn right over the bridge that I, I remember going to with a girlfriend. So now you're going to have me thinking about deli and bagels. So thanks for that. <laughs> I had one this morning. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I always remember you walk outside and you have the the vendors that have these cups of coffee and the paper cup. You get your bagel. What a way to start the day. And um, I'm really glad that you reached out and you're the marketing lead at Stoke Voltaic. So if you could mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about yourself, what does it mean to be a marketing lead? And also tell us a little bit about Stoke Voltaics. Yeah, I'd be happy to do so. Um, so thanks for the introduction. My name is Charles uh, and I, as mentioned, I am the marketing lead over at Stoke which is an outdoor adventure. So where do I begin? Uh, well, for starters, I grew up in the concrete jungle that is Shanghai. Uh, yeah. Up until a year ago, I hiked maybe five times in my life up until that point. Um, and last year, I visited China to visit some friends and family after COVID ended. And I think after three years of following really strict regulations, reducing travel, and to some extent, not even letting people get their apartment, I think the Chinese youth uh, had this unprecedented desire to explore the outdoors and, and to, for outdoor adventure. Um, to put some numbers behind that, I think between 2021 to 2022, the candy market grew by almost, I think, over 50% to like $15 billion industry in China. Wow. Uh, and as a Gen Zer myself, I was subject to this trend. Um, so I went camping, I went glamping uh, and hiking with all my friends, uh, pretty much every chance that we got. Like that's how big of a, of a trend it was at the time. Um, and that's how I got introduced to the folks over at Slocal Takes. We hit it off and the next thing I'm the overseas marketing lead. And to answer your question about like what it is that I do. Um, so in China, there's a lot of manufacturers, a lot of companies that try to sell products to overseas, uh, particularly Western markets like S uh, or UK and stuff like that. Um, but they struggle to like really identify who their core audience are or like really identify who they're serving. And they struggle to really localize their language to be appropriate uh, or to be understood easily by who their uh, target audiences are. If I help them do um, that, as well as the typical stuff that you would do, uh, you would see from a marketing lead, um, paid media, PR, stuff like that. Okay. And had you always been interested in marketing? How did you get into a role like this? And also, and I'd also like you, second question, 
is mm-hmm. how did you discover uh, Stokeville Tanks? Were you out there on a, a camping, glamping adventure? And tell us a little bit more about both pieces of that. Yeah, yeah. So I was always, uh, I think, kind of a salesman at art from a young kid. I, I remember I used to sell Yu-Gi-Oh cards um, to my friends. I don't know if you know what Yu-Gi-Oh is. That's like a card game. Um, oh, yeah. That was very yeah. popular. <laughs> I, I loved Yu-Gi-Oh as a kid. And uh, I was packaging them and sell them to my friends uh, as like a elementary school student. So I think I've always had a knack for um, just enjoying marketing and sales. And that kind of carried on with me throughout college. In college, I studied at Carnegie Mellon University um, in business marketing as well as design and a lot of computer science. Um, and I was formally trained. To be honest, I, I didn't really learn that much in college um, with regards to marketing, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. Sorry, mom or dad. <laughs> $300,000 went down the drain. That's not true. But I, I ended up studying a lot of marketing on my own free time, like learning how to run Facebook ads, Amazon ads, um, and eventually started reaching out to local businesses on helping them um, figure out how to like market their their audiences. So, sorry, their product to their audiences digitally. The way I met Stokel Takes uh, was kind of a funny story. I was graduating from college and I interned at fairly big tech company the year before. And I kind of realized that that wasn't really what I wanted to do. Kind of wanted to do my own thing. And I didn't really know where to begin. Uh, but this was the praise of like dropshipping. Like this was a back when a lot of people used to dropship products uh, over in the US. And um, this was the beginning of a really big trend in China where instead of like people in the US dropshipping products from China to other people in the US, the people in China would, would just cut out the middleman and just dropship themselves directly or dropship the products directly. Um, and so I noticed this trend and, and I was in China at the time. I literally flew to uh, Shenzhen, which is like the hustle capital of China and began to just knock on people's doors and was like, Hey, um, I speak English. I do marketing. Would you like me to help you market your products on Amazon or to US audiences? Um, and I knocked on like like a hundred doors. Um, and eventually I, I messed up takes. I barely knew anything about hiking at time. This is back when I was getting to hike with my friends a lot, uh, or camping with them a lot. And I thought I saw a really good product and, um, yeah, that's, I was camping with them one day. They showed me the product. And that's, that's how we hit it off. Yeah. All right. So can you uh, describe what is Stokevoltaics and specifically what is this uh, dual portable electric head-on? And for our listeners, uh, we're going to, I'm going to attempt uh, at a later date with a colleague of mine, a friend of mine, who's also an outdoor adventurer. She's also a YouTuber. So we're going to record a kind of a YouTube video of us unboxing this kettle it's actually right next to me but uh, uh f- to be respectful to charles because his video is off and we want to conserve uh, bandwidth uh, i will have a photo of it and we'll we'll pull that down for you on uh, on the, the stokeville tanks website but can you talk to us more about this kettle and what was the need that prompted the creation of this piece of outdoor equipment yeah, yeah. So kind of, it's a funny story. I first met Stokeville Takes, they haven't Juliet. And so 
I went camping with them. Uh, we went to, uh, it's called the Stone Forest, I think, uh, in China. Basically, it's like uh, a limestone formation that looks like forest. It's really beautiful. Highly recommend you go there. It's in Luna Province in China. Uh, I think travel is open now for everybody. So if, if Charles, if you're inviting me to come over and do podcasting to go to you with you to China, <laughs> I, I'm all in. Just just let me know. My passport is up to date. So I'm sorry. Please continue. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, I'm going to be going, I think, around February next year. So if you want to go with me, uh, you know, I'm working for a job. All right. Uh, yeah, so we were going to Yunnan uh, in the Stone Forest. And we you're planning on staying for like a couple nights and brought a ton of food to barbecue. Um, like some steaks, uh, brought some chicken wings and corn and cobs and stuff. They're just barbecue on the grill. And the weather was supposed to be really nice, right? But like literally the moment that we get there, there's torrential rainfall. And this is the kind of rainfall that like literally changes the shapes of the walks that are there. Like that, that's why it, um, it's like a stone forest, like that kind of rainfall. And so we were just stuck and we had like nowhere to go. We had to put this raw food with no way to cook it because the girl's outside. Um, and so we were just thinking to ourselves, like, we're kind of screwed. Like, what do we do? Uh, and so one of our friends actually had a, like a regular kettle. Um, and we got like a generator, like a power station. And we we're like, all right, well, like we only have like grand crackers. <laughs> we want to eat that. Or we got to do something with this food that we have. Um, and so maybe against our better judgment, <laughs> we decided to try and use the kettle to cook a lot of the raw meats and vegetables that we had. Uh, and if you ask different people, um, they'll give you different accounts on how edible the food was that night <laughs> or that day. You're still um, alive to tell the story. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and right. So it worked, <laughs> I guess, but we didn't really want that to happen again. And really, all right. So I think we should make something. <laughs> we should make something that can, um, like help us survive in, in these conditions. And so that's kind of the, the birthing idea of the jewel. Like the first couple of prototypes that we made was like nothing close to uh, what it is now, but eventually we, we, we prototyped it, iterated it to become what it is now. So it's effectively what it is, is uh, like an electric jet boil, I think is the easiest way to describe it. Sure. Um, it's like a cooking flask that you plug in and then has three functions, uh, which is, um, you can eat, you can cook food with it, you can boil coffee, drinks with it, or you can pop cup. It's up to you. Um, and yeah, you can learn more about it on our website. Yeah. Yeah. Those are three good choices. Liquid, uh, cook the food or the popcorn. And one thing I am curious about is I was starting to do my research. So you need a power generator. You need some type of external right. power. So when you were out there with camp camping with with these the folks from uh stoke Voltaics or your friends how who's carrying this generator because i mean right now i mean generators are, are fairly they're not that huge but if you're going on on a multi-day hike that, that's a lot of weight to carry so is this yeah. more of like a quick day hike for an hour or so or doing an overnight or is this kind of a multi-day hike to take the generator that's going to run this piece of equipment? And yeah, Howard, that's a, that's a great question. And uh, one that took us many months to figure out ourselves. And I'll tell you why. So originally when we created the jewel, we, we were thinking that this would primarily be for like 
hikers or campers um, and stuff like that. But when we first iterated it and um, like I, I got a prototype sent over to me, I took it on a hike. Uh, I think we went to Mount Beacon, which is like more of the Manhattan. Uh, it's, I think, one of the tallest mountains in the Hudson uh, Valley. And it could be a pretty stream hike. Right. And I carry the generator and the drill that like determined to, to use it at the summit and cook some raw numbers for my friends that go to me. And I'm, a, I'm like a pretty scrawny guy, to be honest. Like I'm 5'8". I'm uh, not that buff. And it was, it was, it was straining on my back for sure. Uh, it definitely made the hike harder. But at the end, like when we got to the fire tower, which is the summit, I was able to like make some ramen for my friends. We made, we made some dumplings and it was a great time at the end of it. But would I do it again? Uh, maybe. I think for certain people, like one of my friends, he went to the Creed Army and carries like 50 pound weights on him for his tree. It was like a 25 pound gun. Like for him, no problem. Like he could do it easily. I should have gave, I should have brought him with me to carry the stuff. But yeah, I think, I think it's a matter of preference. And when we started to market our products to hikers, we got mixed results. Like some people, um, really, really liked it. They didn't mind carrying the generator with them. Other people who were, were going to multi-day hikes or didn't have the, like the physical ability to carry that much weight with them or, or easily do it, um, didn't like as much. So, um, that was something that we realized over a couple of months, but we recently worked with a uh, KOL uh, that goes by the name of Shushun Martha on YouTube. She's not a really big person, a big account. She posted a video that only had like a thousand views or something. I'll have to double check again, but last time I checked, it had like a thousand views where she talks about the drill and she was using it in the context of car kit, like, which I've never heard of at this point. <laughs> so I was like, car kit, like, what is this? But I've never heard of this, right? Like, so I was shocked because when she posted that video, like a few weeks later, like we just got this huge influx of orders on Amazon. We were like shocked to, to know why. Like we didn't really understand it because like nobody really do that in China. Car camping is a pretty American thing, I would say. Like, in China, people don't really do that because it's not a lot about cars over there. But that's changing. That's that's actually changing very rapidly in China. Um, but yeah, we were we were shocked because yeah, the video had very low views. We had this huge amount of um, sales from it. And that's what we realized, like, okay, our target audience is car campers. Like, these are the people who are like people who have access, easy access to electricity that doesn't necessarily carry a generator with them all the time. That's who you want to be targeting. When I first uh, uh, saw the the equipment and it was, you had reached out about doing the podcast, I went on the website and yeah. that, that was actually the first insight that came to mind is like, no one's going to take this on a multi-day hike. And by the way, if you took you took it on a multi-day hike, I hope you had the good sense to give it to somebody else to bring back with you, so you could. I did. Didn't have that load, but this is the perfect uh, device. This kettle to take if you are going out on a car camping. Uh, mm -hmm. To you're usually if we have a portable device, we it's either fully charged. Or we have a um, a solar panel which we can charge the device. But then, when it comes time to getting up in the morning, having your cup of coffee, or uh, at, at night when you're cooking dinner, you've got the perfect pairing. You've got this wonderful device plus the power that's going to run it. Now, I think it the minimum power is uh, 500 watts, I believe. That's right. Okay, and so for our listeners, you have to calculate 
how do you run this device and also the, the your portable power to to make it all work worthwhile because we also have our here in the us we have our smartphones we have our kindles and if i want to cook with the jewel and then i have your other cooking systems the nomad which i know is under development uh you know, you want to be able to cook all this and know that you're going to have the power that's going to last long enough to take advantage of the device. But it's a very, describe the device. It's, it's got a nice uh, nice colors, it's good layout, a nice handle. What would be your favorite thing to recommend folks use this device initially before? Yeah, I am actually making a little recipe book with this thing. Okay. <laughs> Um, so like, this is a great time for me to start talking about some of the recipes and that. Sure. Look, but I think if you're just getting started, like the, the jewel itself is like, it's like a little bit like thicker than your average 32 ounce water bottle, I would say. So it's pretty small, honestly speaking. Um, and it has enough space inside of that whole room right now, um, to, to store around 16 ounces, uh, safely liquids or, or whatever happened there, uh, which is usually enough for like one poor it's a generous portion for one person um or like a fair portion of two people okay i'll say if you're using it for the first time um i've i love ramen like i think ramen is one of my favorite foods ever since a kid uh, of course i just love ramen and so i have ramen's probably the easiest thing to make in this thing and super simple you just blow in the water put the seasoning in it and then you put the ramen into the jewel when it's water's boiling, you put it on top of it, and then uh, you can make whatever uh, you want to make. Or and then you can, you'll have the wrong and then you can add other stuff that you want to put in there, like eggs or shrimp or whatever it may be. Um, if you want to go a little more complicated, um, you can make some really good chili in this thing. Like if you have um chili could be really good in this. Um, other things that I've done that I really enjoy are just like dumplings. Like if you have some dumplings. Just pour the water, throw the dumplings in there, put some bong and seasoning, uh, and you have a bong meal ready in like a couple of minutes. Um, there's also like the cook functions. The cook function is a little bit different from, I think, what you typically expect. So the cook function, or the eat, that's called eat on the, on the jewel, um, lets you stew something indefinitely. So it just keeps on cooking and keeps on stewing it. And so that makes for really nice, like, stews um or whatever local ingredients that you might have whatever you like it's something that um i really enjoy when i go hiking or traveling is i'll explore like a local farmer's market and just pick up like, a bunch of the ingredients there um take it with me and then once ready to eat um i'll uh start it up and just toss in the, the farmer's market there for a really own style stew I, I love it. And part of the, the, the car camping or outdoor adventure, or definitely the multi-day hiking adventures, a lot of people, rather than buying the pre-packaged, uh, pre, uh, the freeze-dried food that you'd get like at, at REI, they're actually drying mm -hmm. the vegetables and the pastas, the meats themselves and packaging it. And then they, they take that with them. And I'm thinking that homemade dried meal that you prepped at home would then be a perfect use uh, for the jewel because all you need to do is add the water and you've got the power and you've got a wonderful, literally home-cooked meal. 
Yeah, I've never tried that, but that is a really good idea. There's a <laughs> uh, there's a uh, a guy who's got a YouTube channel. I'll have to share that with you. Castro, I think, is his last name, and mm -hmm. he did a a cooking demonstration uh, at the Outdoor Writers uh, of uh, of America. Uh, Outdoor Writers Association of America. I should know this because I'm a member of this organization. <laughs> but last year in Casper, he did an actual cooking demonstration of folks who are on outdoor adventures, and he actually did the cooking. And this would be a perfect complement to the ingredients he was preparing and actually the uses of the jewel. And so when you've got what he's prepared, plus the convenience of the jewel when you're doing your car camping or overlanding, that's another name for it. I think it's a perfect match. Now, one thing I, I noticed when I was looking at the kettle, it reminds me of a French press. Mm. And I was curious, is there a kind of a coffee creation fun, uh, ability to this or you or like a way to strain out the grounds and then so you can, I'm a morning coffee kind of guy. I have to have my morning coffee, preferably overlooking a pristine lake or a mountain range. But can I enjoy a nice cup of coffee using this device perhaps as like a French press or is that something maybe hasn't been thought about yet? Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I'm not like the biggest coffee drinker, but my friend is. <laughs> he, he brought that exact same comments to me uh like a week ago and funnily enough we are in the process of creating a french press extension ah. that can be uh, combined to this thing uh to let you like make uh just really good coffee yeah so <laughs> it's, it's being made it's in the, it's in I, i'm thinking this was like a match made in heaven you produce the equipment i'll come i'll do a demonstration with my friend deb and I think I'm all in because I, I think this is a cool little device. Now, the popcorn, I think that's interesting because I don't know mm -hmm. any, I mean, the device is not that big. I mean, it's a decent size for one person, but uh, I can go through a whole bowl of popcorn if given my devices. But how did you end up deciding, yeah, we want to make some popcorn in this thing? Yeah, so our lead designer, um, well, I think the the main idea behind it was like we want to have a certain emotion uh with the jewel like whenever you go on camping uh we want there to be there we want the jewel to fill the air with joy and we were wondering like how do we do that besides like making like a food um and something that like the people in that room that day agreed upon was like you know what you never go wrong. Popcorn always <laughs> makes every like hike or uh, camp like better. <laughs> uh, and so we're like, okay, let's figure out how to make pop popcorn this day. So we we got a lead designer to um to, to do it, <laughs> and, and here we are now. Now this thing pops popcorn. <laughs> Fantastic. So the jewel has been around for a year, a couple years. What's the what's its age right now? Oh, no, not even. It's been out for like less than a year. Less yeah. than a year. Okay. Less than a year. And mm -hmm. you've shared a couple anecdotes uh, about this device, though the woman who was, was doing the, the, the cooking with it. What other uh, anecdotes are you hearing uh, now that this device is out? It's, and there's, there's 
a whole bunch of YouTube videos. And I was researching some of the, listening to some of those as well as I was researching for the episode. But what are some of the other anecdotes that you're hearing about the jewel? Yeah. So I think we had a huge surge of like reviews and people like honestly just buying your stuff. After we started uh, booming in on the car candy market, I think mm-hmm. that was much better received um, than that. And we get frequently emailed, uh, I think a few weeks ago, there's, or not a few weeks ago, this is literally uh, a few, last week by the time I classified. Um, or t- time doesn't make sense. But <laughs> last week there was like a hurricane in, in New York. Uh, I think it was called Hurricane Ophelia. I, I was part of it. That was part of the reason. Uh, yeah, so for the viewers who don't know, I was supposed to have this interview like two weeks ago, I think. But right, my, my workstation got flooded because of the the, the storm, uh, so we had to delay it. But um, around that time, somebody else emailed uh, Stoke Takes saying like thanking us, like, hey, like I was coming back from this uh, camping trip, and I got caught in a storm um, that I literally couldn't get out of my vehicle for like twenty four hours, and I was stuck there. And, um, I had a gas stove, some grease, but I didn't want to turn on my gas stove indoor in my car because she didn't think I was safe, but I had a jewel with me. and she used the jewel to cook, um, like her three meals that day. And, and despite being stuck in the rain and the storm, she was able to have three like hot meals with her, uh, that, that day, um, despite the conditions and hearing that was like, wow, like I, I we would have never thought like the jewel that we made uh, would be able to serve people in that kind of way. But we get those kinds of um, feedback pretty frequently, uh, which, which is great. Like we love every single time we hear those. It, it really makes us keep pushing forward and uh, like improving our product and stuff. I love that. Um, and it's great to hear that folks are using it and they're giving you good feedback and, and like, you need to make a French press out of this. Okay. That's my feedback, but <laughs> we will. I, I, I think it's great. You have real world use out of this equipment and you can kind of feel good about it because for a particular event, like this, the flooding and the storm, it, it, it basically helps somebody have substance, 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 try to say that a couple of times with an adult beverage. And it really, it, it came in handy. So that those are the, those stories are definitely have to make you and the product and the development team, the engineering team, uh, feel real good. What other projects and products are underway and perhaps ones that you can share with us? Yeah. So there is the system that you're talking about, Nomad Cooking System, the beginning of this podcast. Um, that's going to be a much more robust, uh, cooking system than the jewel like the jewel is kind of just like a flask that took a variety of things in it but the nomad cooking system is almost this russian esteemed doll of equipment you have like a pan pot and a kettle all nestled into one thing um and it was generated through ai i think that's kind of like a hot topic it's very nebulous when i say it about that and i definitely explain it a little bit more sure um but that's a product that's on, on its way. We were actually supposed to launch it this year or this month, October, but we ended up delaying it um, because there's some things that we weren't super happy about and in service of a better product, um, we'd rather just take our time with it. But um, yeah, a little bit about like the AI part of it. 
um, which I think a lot of people would be interested in theory. Oh, yeah. So this is, uh, I think, calling it AI-generated is not entirely factual. I would rather call it AI-assisted. So there's two parts in which AI help us, uh, helped us create this product. One is we use AI to scrape uh, and machine learning and uh, to, to scrape on the website or across the internet a bunch of features that are on outdoor cooking apparatuses, generate like, a huge list of them. Um, and we use AI to like refine that and like generate, like curate a list. Um, and we then took this list to a couple of focus groups, a couple of surveys to help us rank like which ones people prefer. Like oh, all these things, like, what, what do you actually care about? Um, and then we got that list of features and then we told, we, we brought it to another AI tool and instructed it to be like, hey, these are a list of the 10 features that you want on this outdoor cookie device. Can you generate what this could possibly look like? And it would uh, take that prompt and generate like hundreds of variations that our team then looked at, picked out our favorite like 10, uh, we cross-referenced it with our designer to make sure like the 10 that we picked are actually possible to make because sometimes AI tools will, will create fantastical things that are basically impossible to make. Right. So we, we had to do, there's some human element in there as well, for sure. I know we had 10 um, different kinds of systems that we knew were feasible and we liked and incorporated a lot of the features that people valued. Uh, and then we, we showed it again to, the, to other focus groups and uh, use surveys. And we landed on what we have now. So that's how that. That's how that transpire. Very good. So you've got the jewel. It's already in production. It's being used. It was developed uh, with AI assistance. And I do love that because even within the podcast space, I use AI to help me with my transcription, with my editing, and also to help with the creation of show notes, which then I then edit uh, to ensure it's my voice. And so I love how you guys have used it to help gather data about what people are looking for in a preferred cooking uh, system. And uh, so I, I think that's wonderful. And I, I look forward to the the Nomad cooking system when it's uh, uh, launched. Now, I, do, I did see on the website, you have a, an actual product, which is outside of the cooking space, but it's, uh, it's a camping light. So tell us more about that. Yeah, so we recently launched a product called uh, the pylon and it's a camping light that also doubles up as like a uh, battery for your phone, like a power beak for your phone. Also uh, repels insects and mosquitoes. So it's kind of like a, it, it does a lot of things. And so this was actually our first iteration of like what it would be like to use the AI assistance to generate a product, uh, which is why it kind of does like, a variety of things. Um, but yeah, we, we did the same process. We a list of things that people wanted that um, when they were campy, we generated a huge list of them, identify the ones that we could feasibly incorporate into a small, and then use AI to generate what that could possibly look like, pass it to a bunch of people, got their feedback, and ended up on this product. And now you can, you can buy it on our website. I love it. Now, I, I, with, I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit, Charles. I yeah. am an uh, outdoor photographer. 
and I love shooting photos of the Milky Way. In one of the uh, aspects of shooting, especially at night, is you don't want all of a sudden a very bright light, which a camping light potentially could produce. And so what we do is we, a lot of us have handheld, some of us have the, the headlamp, which actually mm -hmm. gives out a red beam. So there's glass in front of it that makes the beam red. And I'm curious, does this camping light also provide a color, say like red for somebody like me who would, could potentially use it during my astrophotography adventures? Yeah, so I don't think it could produce a red lights, but it does have different kinds of lighting. Uh, you can use it as like a cool light flashlight, or you can um, have it turn, like you can illuminate with a, like a warm or a cool glow. Okay. So if you mean red, if uh, I think if you use a warm glow, that might be closer to what you're looking for. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think you do like RGB, LED kind of situation. Okay, just that. didn't want to put you on the spot. So if we, we, you, uh, my suggestion is go and search on astrophotography and mm -hmm. the use of red lights. And there's there's a whole, if I was going to make a, a suggestion, that would be it is you could also serve that audience as well, because that way you know, we're not going to be uh, affected by white light during our outdoor adventures. But I totally get it. You got a great new product out there. And uh, just based on from what I've read, I think it's going to be maybe not as popular yet as the Jewel, but it's going to get up there uh, nonetheless. So now that you have been uh, in this business as the marketing lead for Stoke Voltaics, uh, mm -hmm. as you kind of look back on your career, and it's a, you're still a young guy, uh, any advice that you would give to your earlier, to your younger self about this path that you've decided to go on? Wow. It's a hefty question, I know. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I don't think I have too many I guess, regrets of like, hey, I made this decision that really impacted what I did negatively. I've, I've always been really independent and I think I've always had a mindset where I have a belief that everything will be okay. Like there's certain things that I can control and then there's certain things that I can't control. Uh, I think that realization has helped me quite a bit. I wish I realized it earlier. Like there are certain things that there's no plan and stressing about it. There's no, no plan worrying about it because you can't, can't control it. It's almost the point. You're just wasting, um, you're just making yourself feel bad for no reason. Um, I think having realized that like not super long ago, but th that really helped me like get through a lot of tough situations. But yeah, I wish I, I wish I knew that earlier in my life. Okay, fair enough. I appreciate you uh, sharing that. Now, I just realized, and I am a little remiss, it, it's at 2.12 here in Las Vegas. It's after 5 in mm -hmm. uh, New York. And as Jimmy Buffett would sing in one of the his songs, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. So what are you doing after 5 o'clock? Oh, um, well, I got to the gym after this. Uh, housemate. Uh, at the gym and then i was supposed so i got a tattoo last thursday um on my stomach it hurts so bad oh my god <laughs> i got a tattoo on my stomach and i was i was chatting up the person and like he tattooed my stomach and i'm getting get dinner with her <laughs> we're here tonight but those are my plans oh my god okay so we're, 
I'm I'm almost sorry, Charles, that I asked this question. Okay, but now you are you are drinking a beer, right? It's five I after am. five. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a Modelo, a Negro or a Special. A Special. Uh, see, I'm I'm a Negro, so kind of guy. So, <laughs> but I like Modelo. So, before we uh, head out, any final insight or aha moment that you'd like to share uh, with our audience about? the work that you're doing with, uh, Stoke Voltaire? Mm, yeah, I think, I think the biggest aha moment was those, the feedback that we've got like recently that I was telling you, telling you about earlier. And it honestly really started to be happening in the last couple of weeks when we started like changing, uh, when we were driving percent products to, mm-hmm. but that has really made the work that I've been doing far more impactful. Like it has really motivated me to like actually work the eight hours plus to work every day. <laughs> Did you say eight hours or 80? Okay. All right. Eight, 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 eight hours every day, every day, eight, just eight. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, it's a lot better than what I used to trust. Yeah, me. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let my bosses know you're only working eight hours, my friend, but that's okay. That's okay. Well, I'm working eight hours now. That's that's the important. That's the yes, it is. You have to have a good work life balance. So, yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's that's uh, something I wanted to share. I'm also getting. A, I, I adopted a cat recently. Yeah, uh, a few weeks ago. She doesn't have a name yet. She came from a pretty unfortunate situation, and like people that found her d- didn't know her name, so she just been called Cat. <laughs> uh, she's a, a very tiny, like tuxedo cat, that's super slow and like does everything at her own pace and she doesn't have a name yet. And so if anybody out there has a good recommendation or what to name her, I'm all ears. I don't, should I, should I give them my email or what should I do? Well, here? we're going to, we're going to uh, give the folks an opportunity on our website. So this episode will be up on the Outdoor Adventure Series podcast <laughs> website. It'll be on. Uh, all the podcast directories, but especially Apple and Spotify, and we can get reviews. Plus, our our listeners can leave comments. So, to to further to Charles's request, if you uh, have a potential name for a a little cat, in fact, Charles, if you want to send a picture with you and the Stoke Voltaire and the cat, to. we can include those in the show notes, and hopefully, our listeners in their comments will give you uh, some suggestions as well. Now, before we do head out, uh, just if our listeners would like to learn more about you and the work at Stoke Voltaics, where are the best places for them to go? Uh, the best place to go is stokevoltaics.com. That's spelled C-S-T-O-K-E-V-O-L-T-A-I-C-S.com. You can also find us on Amazon by typing in the same name, Stokevoltaics, and there you'll be able to learn all of our products and you can also check out our social media which is so politics on instagram fantastic we will definitely provide the backlinks to the website uh as well as to uh, your instagram and facebook pages and our store link on our main website will have a link back also to the stoke voltaics portable electric kettle the jewel and charles i'm so glad you reached out and you've had me very curious about the uh, about this piece of outdoor equipment, and I'm really 
I, I'm thrilled that, that I made the connection. Like this is perfect for the person that's doing car camping because mm-hmm. sometimes this is a lot more convenient than bringing your jet boil and getting that all set up. And as long as you've got that uh, power supply, you're good to go. So Charles, it's been a pleasure to have you on the Outdoor Adventure Series podcast. Here. And I look forward to continuing to learn more about the products that you guys are uh, producing and marketing. So thank you again. Thank you so much, Howard. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on this podcast. My pleasure. Listen, stay in the line. We're going to do a quick close and you and I can have a final chat, okay? All right. Okay, folks, we've just been chatting with Charles Wang. He is the marketing lead at Stoke Voltaics. Stoke Voltaics produces a the beginnings of a line of outdoor cooking and camping appliances. Their flagship product right now is the Jewel Portable Electric Kettle. There's some other more robust and multifunction cooking system is under development. And they've also uh, produced a, uh, a camping light. And so we're going to definitely have links back to those two devices, as well as to the Stoke Voltaics website on our show notes. So we'll also provide the backlinks to their Instagram and Facebook pages. Now, regarding the website and also the podcast directories, we definitely want or request, ask, please, if you would uh, leave us a comment about this episode on our website, you can subscribe to our Outdoor Adventure Series podcast on the website. You can also, of course, find us uh, on LinkedIn and on Facebook on our Outdoor Adventure Series pages. And we are also on all the major podcast directories. And as I shared earlier on Apple and on Spotify, you can uh, rate this podcast, this episode, uh, as well as leave comments uh, for us. And again, to Charles's request, if you have a a suggested name for his cat, uh, I'm thinking it should be Jewel, but that's just me. Um, (laughs) But do do leave us a message. We'd love to, to hear from our listeners. Okay, folks, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, go out there and have a phenomenal day. And we will see you on a future episode of the Outdoor Adventure Series podcast. Take care now.